We're going to get into the Word. Pastor Melvin is going to be sharing, but before he does, um, I want to talk about the series that we're in the middle of. It's, uh, it's about the attributes of God. We don't get to make up our own view of God. Everyone realizes that, I'm sure. Because throughout history, men has made gods in their own image. And we're called not to make a God out of our own image, to be informed by Scripture about who God is. So in the last few weeks, we've been dealing with who, who is God and what does uh, the Scripture say about the attributes of God. And we covered the holiness of God. Two weeks ago, we covered the patience of God. Today, we're going to cover the love of God. And next week, uh, I'm going to speak about the glory, the glory of God. What is the glory of God? And so we're going to cover a few attributes of God. Of course, the attributes of God are infinite. Uh, but uh, uh, we are going to cover a few, and we do this every year because who God is is so important. So uh, thank you, Pastor Melvin. Um, looking forward to the word. Thank you, Pastor Kim. Amen. Well, the love of God. What can we say for it? We cannot comprehend the love of God. We could never, ever comprehend. It's too high, it's too deep, it's too wide. Somebody said, love is like a lizard that's wrapped around the gizzard. Another person tried to give a definition. He said, love is an itch on the heart that could never be scratched. But these are all human things that people try to define God's love. But this morning, that when we look at the passages of Scripture, we look at the Word of God, we cannot, friends, comprehend God's love in our human mind. It's beyond our comprehension. It's beyond our understanding. But we need to be able to take God's word and be able to understand that God is a God of love. He is a God of love. And we are delighted to be able to present that God is a God of love. Now, there are three aspects that I want to bring to you this morning. One is... God is the essence of love. God is the ultimate expression of love. And God, faithfulness of God, of love. Let's pray. Father, this morning in the name of Jesus, I pray, God, as we walk through divine avenues of truth, I pray that you would anoint my lips. Anoint, Lord, your people's hearts and ears as they... Listen to your word. Let them understand at least just one, Lord, ounce of your love. And I pray that you would bring this message that you love them. And I pray, God, you would be so special to each and every one of us this morning. We give you all the praise, the glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Just. 
So, 1 John 4, 8 says, Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. So, what is he saying out here is that we need to understand the fact if we want to demonstrate that we are Christians means we got to show people love. Now, what is the statement? Let me say this. Now, when you look at the, when you go back to history, and if you study in the time of the Lord Jesus Christ, society was brutal. We had the Romans who were bloodthirsty people who would sit down in an arena and see people being, you know, killed, and they rejoiced, like how we would, you know, see a game today, a game of footy, and, and we are all excited about our winning team. Could you believe in those days, they would see two people, the gladiators, fight till they killed each other, and it was excitement for them. Then they had people who were pagans who threw their child to Moloch to be burnt as sacrifice. Now we had some terrible things that took place in those days. But then the refreshing thing that came was the message of God's love. And you know in the first 70 years of the death burial and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, the gospel traveled all over the world. Because, of course, at that time you must understand that, you know, Rome connected the world, you know, the sea and, and, and everything in the fulfillment of time, the Bible says, Jesus came. And so it was all put together that the whole gospel of Jesus Christ traveled. Why? Because it was a message of love. Love. And people wanted to experience that love. They experienced it. They got a grip of it. They wanted it because it was so powerful, changed their life, did great things in their life. And so, friends, God is the essence of love. He, God is the essence of love, and he is the definition of love. He loves us because he created us. And we understand that. And you, when you look at it, it, you know, when he comes into the garden and he says, Adam, where are you? Adam is hiding. Adam is hiding. He said, Adam, where are you? You mean to say God didn't know? <coughs> he said, I am behind the trees. Why? Because I am nude. I have no clothes. Who told you that? Who told you that? You know, the way you could look and understand, he says, who told you that? Because the love that God had for Adam... Who told you that, Adam? He, he began to come to a place to make, at that very moment, Adam, it doesn't matter. I still love you. And God loves us, friends, because he created us.
Okay, his affection is unconditional. Is both generation generates and demonstrate demonstrates his love, and my his love endures forever. In always endures, and this is one one part of God that God is love. Now there are three kinds of love. As, you know, as Christians. We learn, you know, the filial love is a brotherly love, and then we have the eros love, which is sensual and romantic love, but then you have the agape love, unconditional love. Unconditional. Let, let, to define this, we have to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 to 7. We can understand now what it is to have this. God's love flow. Love is patient. Husbands and wives, love is patient. <clears throat> it is very important for us to realize that we must, as Christians, allow the agape love to flow through us. Because it has no conditions. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. You know, that is one point that we need to emphasize is that if I have God's love. I always look at somebody better than what I think I am. Because we all want to feel important. We all want to feel that we are better than them. But this is what God is saying here to us. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in truth. It is always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Now, this is the definition of love, of the agape love. You know, I, I, I believe a person who is unsaved, it's very difficult for a person to have this sort of love. And no matter what sort of religion you follow, it's very difficult to have this kind of a love. But when we, as Christians, when we get saved and born again, we become new creatures, we are, you know, our spirits are regenerated, we have the capacity to begin to be people that can demonstrate God's love. We have that capacity. And therefore, we need to step out by putting ourselves into the fact that we must deny the flesh, take out, you know, 
the struggle that we have in keeping God's love, take it out and fight against it and come against it, especially when somebody offends you, especially when somebody does wrong to you, or especially when somebody hurts you, you need to be able to come to the fact that I must demonstrate the love of God because it's important. And sometimes the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. But the love of God is something that is so, so important, friends. We must be able to come to that place and say, God, your love, let it flow through me. Let God's love flow through us. And we, friends, need to be able to, you know, want God's love to flow through us. And we all, let's, let's face it, <coughs> have issues where we find it difficult to manifest God's love. Secondly, God is the ultimate expression of love. He is the ultimate expression. No one of us get caught up and say, listen, I'm going to show you love and what it is all about. We don't know. We don't, we don't have the grasp in how deep that love is. He's the only one that expresses this because it's deepest possible expression of God's character. It's God's love for all people. You know, we sometimes, I mean, including me, you know, some of the terrible things that are happening in India, I don't know if some of you know, they're burning, I mean, buildings. And, 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 and I, 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 I feel so angry in my heart to think, how can these guys do this and get away with it? But God's love for them is so much. Even for all the things that they are doing, but he still loves them. He is, they are murdering their own children, but he loves them. Now, that's one thing we can't fathom. You know why? Because we are human. But he's God. He's God. And he just loves them still. They are killing Christians. They are burning Christians. They are doing all sorts of things. But he still loves them. Because his nature is love. It is eternal. And the covenant of love is lavish, poured out, on his people, and you see that. When I say people, it's just not the Christians. The entire world, entire world, my friend, he loves. He loves them, no matter what they do, no matter how they live, and what practices they have, he loves them. And he loves them beyond understanding. We can't comprehend it, but he loves them. That's why it says in John chapter 3 and verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, whosoever believes in him shall not perish. Okay, but what I want to emphasize is God so loved the world. Soul. The emphasis is he so loved the world. I'd like to be able to illustrate that with a story. 
I think it was in the late 60s, early 70s. You know, um, a man was in a Florida, in a particular town or little, you know, place where there were a couple of thousand, you know, people. Everybody knew everybody, you know. They just, they have us a little beautiful town and a couple of things happened, a couple of families. And here with this man, you know, married, had a few kids. His wife was working. And um, he got caught for fraud. He was charged and went into jail for three years. It left such an impact on the family because you've got to understand in the small little towns, you know, the whole thing of something like that happening, it stinks. You know, the wife would have to hang her head in shame and walk around. The kids are made fun of in school. And, oh, it, it, it was terrible. They just, they couldn't, you know, handle this thing because of what the father did. It just brought them to such pain and agony and suffering. And the children would come home and say, Mom, you know, this is what they said about me. Mom, they said this about me. And the mother, you know, when every time she goes to the shops, you know, people will turn and look at her. You can expect this situation because it's such a small town. Three years later, you know, after doing his time, he writes a letter to her and he says, you know, I am very sorry for what I've done. I know that I put you to terrible shame. But now I am out of jail. And I'm getting into this bus that passes our home. And if you want me to come back, tie a yellow ribbon around the old oak tree. Okay? And I will see that yellow ribbon knowing that you want me back home and I'll come back. But she wanted to show him that she so loved him that she decorated the whole tree with yellow ribbons. And of course there was a song, you know, that was sung about it. My dad said, don't, my wife said, don't you ever try singing it, I'm telling you. <laughs> so, he realizes that this tree was decorated because she wanted to show him that I so love you. My friends, our God, when he sent Jesus to the tree, he tied him to that tree with red ribbons made out of his own blood to show us that he so loved us that he was willing to send his son to be crucified on the cross of Calvary, to be beaten like a common man and hang on the tree for you and me. And Jesus wanted to show you that he loved you, that he grabbed the hand of the Father. And he grabbed the hand of the world and he put it together and said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. That is the love of God. Put together, made out of red ribbons. My friends, God did that for you and me. He loves us. He so, so loves us that he did that for us. 
And today you and I can stand here and we can sit in church because of what he did on the cross of Calvary. What he did on the cross of Calvary. And thirdly, God's faithful love. God faithfully loves. You never do anything for God to stop loving you. You can never do anything for God to stop loving you. No matter what you do, he still loves you. Every sinner out there in the world, every unthinkable thing that they do, especially to children, God still loves them. He still loves them. You and I cannot comprehend it. You and I cannot. We feel they need to be punished, they need to be thrown away, they need to be put away, but he loves them. He just loves them beyond understanding. Laminations 3, 23 and 20, 22 and 23 says, because of the Lord's great love, we cannot be consumed. Now, what does it mean? You know, for his compassion never fails. There are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. What a scripture. What a scripture. He is faithful no matter what you do. No matter if you turn your back and walk away. God never turns his back. God never leaves your hand. It is you that turn your back. It is you that leave his hand. And you want to walk your own way. But he still loves you. He still loves you. And he still comes after you. The fact is because he loves you. You know, Jesus paid that price. And my friends... Because he loves you, he doesn't consume the world like he did once in the Old Testament. If you look at the Old Testament, there are places where somebody did wrong and they were judged. And if you look at the scriptures, as you know, touch the Ark of the Covenant in 2 Samuel 6, 7, and he was dead. Noah's flood wiped the whole world out. Sodom and Gomorrah, Genesis 19.29, says that, why? Because at that time, my friends, Jesus did not, die, did not pay the penalty. God gave the law. They didn't keep the law. They did what they want. But when Jesus came, he said, I will go and demonstrate your love, Father. And that is why today we can sit down you know, and we sort of uh, just take it for granted of God's love. But let me ch challenge you that we need to understand that God is a God of love. And here we see that no matter what people do, no matter how they live, God still loves them. And we must pick it up by saying, let's love them as well so that we can lead them to Jesus. Amen. And okay, to come to the end of it, Proverbs says, now, I'll have to spend some time here. Chapter 3, verses 11 and 12. My son, 
Do not despise the Lord's discipline. And do not resent his rebuke. Because the Lord disciplines those he loves. As the father, the son, he delights in you. Now, what does this mean? You know, sometimes we as Christians are going through trials and difficulties and you say, hey, why is this? What is this problem? Why am I going through this hard time? You know, and sometimes it could be because you made mistakes. You did the wrong thing. But even then, even then, I want you to know sometimes you have done everything right. You have walked right. You have kept the word of God. You've done everything. And you seem to be going through some trials, through pain, through suffering. And you're asking why? Because God's love is abandoned upon you. That you, my friends, need to understand he is doing something. And you may not comprehend as to what he's doing. That is why the word of God says, all things were good for them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. In the time when you are going through the trial, the problem and the situation, you can never understand or comprehend why on earth am I going through this or what's the problem? What good can come out of this? You may be able to think that that's the only thing, but the scripture says he does that. So to those who he loves. To those who he loves. And when you are going through a trial. Or when you are going through a persecution. Or when you are going through whatever you are going through. Remember this. God's love will still manifest himself. And then through you. And in you. Because you may think to yourself. Oh you know this is not right. I mean I'm, I'm doing everything right. I go to church. I do this. I give this. I give, and yet I'm being persecuted. I don't. Somebody else gets promoted and not me. Why? 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 But God is in control of every situation. Hey I've lived this life. From the age of 18. I'm 67 now. And I'll tell you. God's life is the best life. And he will bring you through. He will then show you. You will go through the times. Where you will then look back. And understand why you had to go through that situation. Because God's love. Is being manifested. In your life. Let's pray. Pastor Kim. Father. In the name of Jesus. I thank you Lord for this word. I pray that you bless the word Lord to your people. I pray that every word that they have taken, Lord, I pray that you would touch them, bless them, and God, let them see the depths of your love. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Before we may leave this moment, I don't want to make an assumption that every single one of us have encountered God encountered God's love. I don't want to make an assumption that every one of us here has redirected our understanding of life, of purpose, of destiny, of history towards Jesus. Maybe there are people here that are just living 
as they understand life the best way that we can. But you've understood, you've learned something this morning that God loves you. He has a purpose. He disciplines even those He loves as a good father disciplines their children. And now here this morning, you're saying, yes, I want to follow Jesus. That's me. Maybe you've come to church for a very long time. But this morning, something clicked in your heart. And you're saying, yes, I want to say yes to Jesus. I want to say yes to his love. I want to come home. Like that story of that guy who, was, who, who felt he, he wasn't good enough. He caused too much pain. He was going to leave. He was just going to keep going. But you're saying, but God so loves us. And you want to come home. You want to come into the house of the father as a son, as a daughter. And if that's you, I want to give you an opportunity. Maybe you've made this decision, but you know, you know, you're not walking in the love of God. You've just done it out of religion. You've done it out of, a, well, something to do on a Sunday with my family, whatever it is. But you're saying this morning, I want to follow Jesus. I want to step into His love. I want to experience His love. And I want His love to flow through me. With no one looking around, if, that, if that's you, with every head bowed, every eye closed, and you're saying yes. Yes, I want to, I want to say yes to Jesus. Why don't you just raise your hand up, put it back down. Put your hand up right now. Don't put it down till I see it. Is anyone here saying, yeah, I want to say yes to Jesus? God, we thank you for your love. Outside of your love, your grace, we bear life on our own. Outside of your love, your grace, your gift of salvation through Christ Jesus, we bear the full weight of our sin in this world alone and eternally alone. And I pray that each and every heart here that we, we have this church and this church is to honor you, God. And I praise the pastor that you've placed in this place that you would end the leadership, that you would help us, Lord, to minister to every person And that every heart would be turned towards you, turned towards your love, would experience your love and would love you and have that overflow into how we live this life. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your teaching. We thank you for your scripture in which, which was read this morning and shows us who you are. You are a God of love. We thank you. We thank you for this. We celebrate it. You're not a vengeful, angry God. Though anger is a part of your attributes, you present yourself as a loving God who blesses, who enjoys His children. God, we thank you for this. Be honored, we pray. In the name of Jesus, and everyone said, Amen. Next week, we're going to talk about the glory of God.
What is the glory of God? What is the radiance of God? What does that mean? And how are we involved in that? So I'm looking forward to that next week. I am preparing for it already this week, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. Be blessed. Have a great Sunday. If you're here for the first time, we do have a free coffee for you. We have a gift bag as well. It's great to have you here. Why don't you hang out, have a chat. Uh, Be blessed. We'll see you next week.